Welcome to the Tax Sell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Demon. I'm a tax sell veteran. I am the leading tax sell expert. I'm the author of the Tax Sell Playbook. I'm the founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and I am your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. This is a completely free podcast brought to you through and because of the Tax Sell Academy. All right, in today's episode, I want to discuss tax sell titles. And this is something that I've discussed in a number of YouTube videos. I've got a few podcast episodes about this. And I've also devoted quite a bit of time to this topic inside of my training for the Tax Sell Academy members. With today's episode, I wanted to really lay it all out there so you have a full grasp of what goes on when it comes to titles and why exactly it's so important. In order to apply it to a tax investor, we must first start from the very beginning. We must start with the basics. So in real estate, we have something called a chain of title or a chain of ownership, which the deeds that are recorded in public records will transfer the property from one person to the next. So owner one sells to owner number two. That's one link in the chain. Owner two sells to owner three. That's another link in the chain and so on and so forth. That continues forever, of course. Now, on that chain, we also have something that we'll refer to as attachments. These attachments could be something like a mortgage. It's attached to the chain of title. When it's paid off, they remove it from the chain of title. The same can be said for something like a mechanics lien. It is in that chain of title, and then when that lien is released, it it never existed. Now, when we're buying real estate, how do we know that the seller is selling what we want to buy? Have you ever thought about that? Let's say that you own a house, and you probably purchased it at some point. Let's say you didn't inherit it or anything like that. Let's say you purchased it from somebody on the secondary market. How do you really know that you own that house? Is it because the realtor said you're buying this house, then you wired a company a whole bunch of money to pay for it? Well, partially because that company, provided it was a title company or a real estate attorney, they did the research for you as part of the fee that you paid them. They went back and they looked through that chain of title to verify that the seller actually owns what you are wanting to buy and what they are intending to sell. And they also looked at that chain of title to see if there were any attachments that needed to be resolved in order to provide you with a title that is free of liens and clear of any encumbrances. Now, when they closed that transaction, they had the seller sign a deed, which is the document that conveys real estate from one person to the next. Now, it's not all that special. Anybody can create a deed. You can find a whole bunch of them online. But deeds are somewhat specific if you want them done correctly. And they should only be created by those people who know exactly what they are doing and who are familiar with deeds. Now, the most common deed in a conventional transaction is something called a warranty deed. The language inside of that warranty deed provides a warranty from the seller to the buyer when it comes to that chain of title. Now, if something is discovered in the title, 
to that property where it is not free and clear like the seller promised it was, then the seller is providing a warranty that they will take care of the issue for you. So an example could be a mortgage from say 10 years ago that was never paid off and the bank never foreclosed. It's an outstanding mortgage still attached to that property. Another example could be a transaction where you had two people that own the property. And when they went to sell it, only one of those owners signed the deed to sell that property. Now, the other owner says, I never wanted to sell that property in the first place. And now they have a claim to that chain of title. And stuff like this does happen. It could also be a deed that has an incorrect legal description. So the title was never truly transferred like it should have been. The list goes on and on. Title issues are a somewhat frequent occurrence when you really start digging into it. Now, whatever the issue, by signing that warranty deed, the seller is obligating themselves to solve the issue at their expense, regardless of the cost, even if it is far more than the sales price. Of course, most sellers do not realize that they are providing that warranty when they are asked to sign that document at the real estate closing. But at the end of the day, that warranty to the buyer isn't worth a whole lot if that seller is dead, destitute, or has disappeared. It's like buying a car that has a warranty and the manufacturer is suddenly gone tomorrow. You have nowhere to take your car in to get repairs. It's the same way when you're buying property and you're relying on that warranty deed alone to protect you. So, with that said, a warranty deed is typically coupled with something called title insurance. This is an insurance policy that is issued at closing by a title company or a real estate attorney that will cover all claims to the property when it comes to the chain of title. Now, this is issued after the title to that property has been thoroughly researched. It protects the seller since he or she won't have to come out of pocket to take care of any title issues that they perhaps might not have even known about. And it also protects the buyer since they don't have to worry about the financial stability of that seller if issues arise in the future. If there's an insurance policy, the title insurance will kick in and it will take care of it. So a warranty deed without title insurance is simply a promise from a stranger that they will fix it for you. Sure, we'll fix it, come back and find me at some point in the future. And that's not worth a whole lot. That's why we need it coupled with that title insurance, which is how most typical transactions are handled and would be required, of course, to get true and fair market value for the property. Now, with all that said, that kind of helps us to get set up to really understand tax sale titles. If you remember the chain of title that we talked about, the property was conveyed from one owner to the next owner. In a perfect world, we have an unbroken chain of title from one person to the next to the next. And we also have the documents to verify that with the deeds done correctly and all that good stuff. But it doesn't always happen that way. What if somebody loses their property to a tax foreclosure? Well, they never actually sign a document that transfers the property from themselves to the county to the tax investor, right? So we have a break in that chain of title. Now, a break in the title itself 
is really not all that uncommon, but there are specific ways to deal with certain breaks. So for example, when you have a bank foreclosure, obviously the person that got foreclosed on is not gonna be signing the deed to transfer it from one person to the next. So you have a break in the chain of title. In that type of situation, you have a judge that signs off on that foreclosure, allowing the bank in most situations to get a free and clear title. What about a piece of real estate where the person has died? Well, in that situation, the property will typically go through probate or some other type of process to transfer the property from one person to the next. And it's a very legal set process and allows free and clear title. But when that tax foreclosure happens, it causes a break in the chain of title that leaves room for potential issues. Now, if everything was done correctly, in nearly every state, a tax lien has priority over all other liens or encumbrances, excluding your governmental liens. Now, this means that when that tax liens foreclose, it will extinguish the rights of all mortgage holders, all lien holders, and all former owners. Now, some people find this hard to believe. Don't, for one second. The government, they're the ones that wrote the laws, and the government is going to protect the government's interest. Those taxes are more important to the government than ensuring that you pay off your local bank's mortgage. Otherwise, if a property came with a mortgage at a tax sale, nobody would ever buy a tax sale property, and the government subsequently would never get their taxes. So they wrote the laws to ensure that real estate property taxes have a priority over all other types of liens or mortgages. So anyhow, all the former owners and lien holders, their interest is extinguished when the property goes through tax foreclosure. But remember that chain of title. In a perfect chain of title, everything is fully documented. Everything is signed off on, and there's a very seamless transaction from one party to the next. With a tax foreclosure, there are no signatures. There are no releases. None of that stuff. You're just relying on some snippets of state statute. So everything kind of just remains, but it's extinguished through the tax foreclosure according to state law. In other words, you are not responsible for mortgages and stuff like that, provided everything was done correctly and everyone respects the law. But they do still remain. And these are referred to as title clouds. And that, that is a big issue. When the county forecloses a tax lien, they often do hundreds or even thousands at one time. One small mistake could put the entire tax foreclosure against that property into court. In some states, we have very, very lenient judges where a former owner could contest the sale and they could get it overturned. Will this happen in your case? It's probably unlikely, but it could still happen. There's a small potential that it could happen. And because of this, title companies and real estate attorneys will not issue title insurance against tax sale properties. There is just too much risk in their eyes that they'd have to pay up in case something did happen. When you compare a tax sale property to your typical open market transactions, tax sale properties are much riskier for title insurance companies and therefore they will not offer title insurance for them. So, what are the options? Well, we have quite a few. You could sell it with a warranty deed without title insurance since you can't get it anyhow. 
that means you are essentially self-insuring the chain of title to that property. If a mortgage holder comes back to foreclose on that property in the future, you're gonna be the one that gets sued. And when you can't come up with the funds to pay off that mortgage or otherwise clear the title like you promised by signing that warranty deed, then you could have a judgment placed against you where the creditor could come after you for many, many years and take whatever you have or will get in the future. That's if you can find a buyer willing to accept a warranty deed without title insurance in the first place, and most educated buyers won't do this. And they certainly won't do this if they're paying full market value for that property. They're gonna want a big, big discount if there's no title insurance. The second option is that you could sell the property with its title and as-is condition using something called a quit claim deed. In other words, we disclose that it's a tax foreclosed property. We disclose what we know about that property. Then we prepare and we sign a quit claim deed to transfer our interest in that property to the new owner. No guarantees, no warranties, no title insurance, none of that stuff. We just transfer whatever interest we hold in that property to somebody else. It's fast and it doesn't cost us any extra money for title insurance. And I've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. Now, obviously, when you do that, the buyer must be willing to accept a risk. Somebody paying, say, $50,000 for a piece of property, they probably are not going to accept that risk. They're going to want some sort of insurance for their investment. But somebody paying, say, $5,000 for a piece of property might accept that risk if they're getting a nice little discount to compensate them for that risk and to let them clear the titles themselves in the future. That discount is going to be a good chunk of money, probably 40 to 60% off of market value, but it's very doable if you buy it correctly with the right strategy in place. Now, another option is to wait. In some states, after a set period of time, any claims against the tax foreclosure become invalid, and at that time, you could get title insurance. But I got to warn you, it's a pretty lengthy period of time in some states, maybe five years, could be 10 years, could be 20 years or longer. So it just depends on how long you want to wait. And then we have the options where we can clear the title in order to get title insurance. There are a few different ways that we can do this. And each one of these can be very lengthy to explain, so we're not gonna go into details about all this stuff. But in short, let's discuss them. What we can do is we can have a title search performed by a title company to reveal whatever potential issues the title company recognizes. And then we can go out and we can solve those issues. So in other words, we can approach former lien holders and have them sign a release of that lien. We can approach former owners and have them sign us a deed over, typically in exchange for a nominal amount of money. Basically, we go out and we solve any concern that the title company has. This requires time and effort, and it's not always possible if we can't convince or track down the former owners. Now, lots of details go into this, so don't just go out and start having people sign deeds. The second option is through something called a tax foreclosure certification. There are a few companies that do this, and that's where they review the tax foreclosure file for a fee. Usually around $1,500, $2,000. And it can take a month or two. And if everything looks okay, they will certify that the tax foreclosure was done correctly. And there is no potential of future claims against the property. 
and they will refer you to one of their partner title insurance companies. And of course, if there are issues, they'll help you resolve them or they'll refer you to the next solution. And that's something called a suit to quiet title. That's an actual lawsuit where you are suing any and all interested parties, such as former owners and lien holders, forcing them to bring their claim before the courts to be argued. In the end, if everything went okay, the judge is going to sign off on that quiet title, and you now have a clear and insurable title that you can easily get title insurance for. So, as you can see, this is an extremely important but constantly overlooked issue by new tax sale investors. And I got to be honest, when I first got into this business, I overlooked it myself. I bought a tax sale property, found a buyer, sent it over to my title company to close it. They called me a couple of days later and said, Casey, we cannot issue title insurance on this property. We can't sell it based on the terms in your contract in order for you to get title insurance at full market value. I said, why not? I own it. He said, Casey, it's a tax sale title. We don't insure those. Call an attorney. So you have to understand, this is something you have to think about ahead of time before you buy your properties and make sure that you have the right strategy. So for example, if you buy a piece of property worth, say, $80,000 and you got a $2,000 discount on it, that's really not all that great because you'll probably end up losing money on that after you have to clear the title. That's if you don't run into any issues clearing it that title. And of course, the other side of that is maybe you're buying cheap lots, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 vacant lots where you don't have any intention on clearing the titles, in which case you can sell them in as-is condition provided you approach your marketing correctly. In the end, dealing with tax sell properties and title clouds is not that big of a deal if you are aware of them going into it. Otherwise, it is a crushing, crushing issue that can completely kill your profits on the deal. So take time to dig a little bit deeper into this topic, review my other videos and episodes on this topic, and become informed so you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. I hope today's episode has really helped to educate you on this extremely important topic for tax investors. I want you to be well-informed so you can go out and you can succeed in this incredible business. Listen, if this episode or any of our episodes have helped you, please do us a huge favor that will take just a couple of seconds out of your day, and that's to leave us some positive feedback on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on right now, as it really makes a huge difference with our podcast. And if we can provide any additional help, be sure to check out the links in today's show notes, including one to our primary site at taxallacademy.com. If you find free trainings like this helpful, you will love what we have for you inside the Academy. Take care and make it a successful day. We'll see you next time right here on the Taxell Podcast. Bye-bye.